is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Very good morning to Craig Earlham. So what first of all went wrong with the Fed yesterday, or rather the, the effect of what the Fed was planning yesterday? not a case of necessarily what went wrong it's more a reflection of where we find ourselves in the markets right now the, when the fed acted the u.s uh, futures markets and this is the market that's open uh, for longer hours than the uh, overall equity markets they were limit down so this they were down five percent which means circuit breakers kick in which means effectively no one can trade below these levels so they were limit down for 15 minutes and when the Fed acted, they actually reversed course entirely and were around 3 or 4% up in the not, uh, not too long after. So what the Fed said had an impact. The problem is it just didn't have a very prolonged impact. And this goes back to what we've said numerous times before. What we're seeing from uh, the central banks, uh, from the governments around the world, uh, broadly speaking, is quite extraordinary. We're seeing enormous uh, stimulus packages uh, from everyone, almost everyone concerned. We're still waiting on the U.S., to try and combat uh, the economic effects of the coronavirus. But there's one thing that they still struggle to do, and that's obviously combat the physical uh, effects of the coronavirus. And as long as we're not in control of that, I think investors are really going to struggle to get on board no matter what, uh, because ultimately, as long as we continue to see accelerating cases around the world and in these major economies, and the UK and the US is still not even close to near its peak, then you still don't know what the broad economic impacts are going to be and whether we're going to see a short but sharp recession or something more prolonged. And that's the real difficulty. And that's why they're not having a much bigger impact on the markets. But what I will say is if this does turn into a short and very sharp recession, but one that can be recovered from and one that doesn't result in longer term structural higher levels of unemployment, then what this could do is effectively provide a massive boost to any recovery that we see after because that is where you kind of see that uh, real kicking effect uh, uh, kicking in. You were saying last week, weren't you, your words were that all this action would serve as rocket fuel to a, to a rebound if it indeed were to happen. Yeah, that's effectively what I was trying to say now as well, but the words yeah. wouldn't quite come to me. But yeah, I, I do think that's going, that, that is the case. The difficulty is there's not necessarily much uh, confidence right now that what we are going to see is a short and sharp contraction followed by this kind of rocket fueled bounce because ultimately while the government's efforts and monetary authorities' efforts and efforts around the world to try and shorten this and ultimately trying to protect small, medium but even large businesses as well and try and discourage them from laying workers off um, is having some impact and uh, for example the uh, the 80% salary contribution that we've seen here in the UK is encouraging employers to retain staff rather than lay them off that is helping us uh, ensure that this is a shorter uh, recession but it, there's no guarantee uh, and we're only going to find out in the coming months whether this has been effective how easy it was to utilize and just um, how um, how impactful it has been been because the figures that we're seeing the the the, the forecast that we're seeing currently for unemployment now uh, around the world in various economies in the short term is it is quite severe but hopefully these are short-term layoffs rather than longer term layoffs what do you feel um of the contribution of the oil price again the oil price warned this now basically that we know why all this started and it's it's saudi actually wanting to get the price up that's not happening at all is it? it's going completely the the other way um what's what, how does that fold into everything so this started with Saudi Arabia and others wanting to support oil prices but the OPEC nations uh, at the time Russia was on board and has been on board since 2015 
but it, it became it started to become more evident that Russia was becoming less on board. They could produce oil at lower prices. So they didn't need to sustain oil at these higher prices as they previously uh, as they were doing. And I think they were also becoming increasingly frustrated with the fact that every time they supported oil prices and boosted them, what was happening was they were losing market share and the shale industry in the U.S. was actually growing and growing uh, to the point that the U.S. became the world's largest oil producer. So they were effectively handing um, the, all the benefits to the U.S. shale industry. So when they pulled out, we went from Saudi Arabia and others trying to support oil prices to saying, well, if you want to raise production, then we're going to raise it even more. Mm. And what we're going to do is we're going to start an oil price war and we're going to try and uh, destroy your oil industry before you can destroy ours. So that was effectively what we're what we are now seeing. But uh, we've seen oil prices bounce back a little bit today. There is speculation that the Saudi, the Saudi Arabia could uh, now kind of try and go into cahoots with the U.S. rather than Russia to try and to support oil prices. Something that may pique the interest of Donald Trump. But obviously, that's going to be very difficult because we are talking about purely private enterprises in the U.S. Very early days in these unprecedented times, of course. Um, Industries are changing shape, aren't they? UK food wholesalers are now apparently selling direct to consumers. We were just talking to the hospitality industry. So the hospitality industry itself is slightly being leapfrogged. Um, th this is a time for strategic thinking, I would imagine. Yeah, I think um, proactiveness is what is going to see certain companies through through this. Uh, companies that were previously um, uh, only... Uh, taking customers in the actual restaurant itself may now be looking a lot more at online delivery services um, like you say wholesalers who can't rely on sh on shifting bulk uh, to these uh, bars and restaurants may be looking at other options and obviously even things like pubs and everything they're still going to have a lot of inventory so the question is what do you do with that inventory yeah. is there a way to get creative they, like you say they, these are unprecedented times this is not permanent uh, but the, a lot of these businesses will need to come up with clever short term solutions in order to ensure that in three months time when they can go back to business as normal there is a business to return to normal Talking of businesses, um, th there will be a load of stories coming up now, I would imagine, about small businesses and also businesses not being able to get in touch with the emergency loans that they have actually been promised. Uh, as we were just talking about earlier to our lady from the hospitality industry, um, this, is, this is going to be a, a big problem, isn't it? This is connectivity around the other way. And I, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, uh, but I'm guessing that the system will come under a, an enormous amount of strain. So this was one of my biggest concerns when we spoke uh, last week and the week before, really after the chancellor, after the various chancellor speaches, mm. was that it's all well and good having the best intentions, but unless you can put something in place which functions adequately and which is easy to use, it's not going to have the impact that you'd hoped. And it's all well and good having these large businesses who have teams in place to make sure that they can uh, dedicate a lot of time and effort into ensuring that these systems work for them and ensure that they can retain staff. But if you're a small business uh, and you are one owner and you have five to ten um, staff, uh, and these uh, and these loans, for example, are difficult to come by or the website is breaking down or you're ringing and you're in a queue for a number of hours and you're just finding it difficult to get access to this and you don't have the short-term liquidity in order to tie yourself over, then things may be a lot, lot more difficult. And that's why, despite the fact that this, a lot of these things sound like a good idea, we're only going to be able to judge them in three to six months as to how effective they've actually been in ensuring that what we're going to experience right now is going to be a short, albeit extremely sharp, contraction and recession in the UK, 
rather than a more prolonged recession which is built upon uh, a more sustained period uh, of structural unemployment which could otherwise come of this which is why these measures have been put in place in the first place. Do you think we're going to get more calls for so-called helicopter money i.e. putting money direct given there is this mood for printing now uh, another mood for printing um, directly into consumers pockets? So I do think that is a rational next step, but it's about how you go about it. Until now, helicopter money has been a function of the central bank, or at least the concept has. Uh, I think it would be more of a government-led scheme, uh, and rather than coming in the form of necessarily just throwing a cheque everyone's way, it would probably come in the form of payroll taxes or or something along those lines in order to try, try at least and simplify the process. The idea that the central bank prints money and just gives it to people, again, it's effectively the same thing, but it does set a precedent which I think central banks uh, and governments around the world will want to avoid if, if possible. But then, like I say, these are uh, extreme times, and extreme times call for extreme measures. And finally, um, a couple of weeks ago, I did say to or did ask you, um, you know, what in, in, in the midst of all this uncertainty, what are the, the fixed points that you actually look at and you said it's the purchasing managers index and we're going to get a few of those aren't we that they'll just be very brief ones and very overall ones but from some significant regions what are they going to tell us today well they're going to probably tell us that businesses around the world are extremely concerned about what they're seeing and the sharp deterioration in their business is going to be reflected in these numbers so we'll get PMIs we've had it from Japan overnight that fell to around 40 so 50 is the level which separates contraction from growth growth is above 50 contraction uh, below 50 but it is worth noting that with Japan they introduced a new sales tax or increased the sales tax in the fourth quarter of last year so we're already heading for a recession in the first quarter rather than the second because the economy sharply contracted then so we're likely to see a much sharper uh, reduction in the data coming from Europe, G- Germany, France, the UK, uh, and the US later on this afternoon. So uh, it's it's very difficult because we're still in the early stages. So there is likely that there may be a bit of over uh, here. But then at the same time, this is the earliest bit of data. This is the kind of soft data, the the surveys uh, that we get. But it's the earliest really indication we get as to just how badly impacted these businesses have been, and it covers the services and the manufacturing sectors. So these are huge parts of everyone's economy. Okay, Craig Ellum, thank you very much indeed. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.